0: Till shade is gone.
1: Till water is gone.
0: Into the shadow with teeth bared.
1: Screaming defiance with the last breath.
0: To spit in Sightblinder's eye on the last day.
1: By my honor and the light.
0: My life will be a dagger for Sightblinder's heart.
1: Until the last day. To child ghoul itself. itself.
0: This is a Dagger for Sight Blinder, a podcast focused on all things Wheel of Time, with your hosts
1: Sarah Lucas
0: and Adam Tricola. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of A Dagger for Sight Blinder. May you find shade this day. Sarah, have you found your shade yet?
1: I don't know. Have you thrown any yet today?
0: throw it in other directions i feel like you're a you're a grown-ass woman you can just find it yourself
1: (laughs) damn it all right that's fine how are you adam
0: yeah through some shade to my kids and stuff you know
1: (laughs) so you're fine
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) they're fine too
1: (laughs) oh man teach them young
0: (laughs) teach them what though is the question
1: (laughs) uh i don't know I don't know um so we're back
0: we're back and I can't believe it's been because I've missed a week one like not well, not last week obviously but the one before because I was sick and then uh I, I got COVID right right after we recorded this basically the, This yeah. episode, and I'm already back somehow I know
1: I don't know how you're doing
0: it but you I, are And it was like really bad for me too. It was, it wasn't just like, you know, some people who who have the, you know, the vaccine or whatever. And, you know, they're like, oh, it just felt, I felt a little fatigued. It was like, I couldn't get out of bed. I was like not doing well, high fever, all this stuff. And yeah. And here I am. Well. Ready to talk about shade and, and such.
1: Well, I'm glad you're feeling better for what it's worth
0: it's crazy i couldn't believe it that's only been a week
1: wild um yeah yeah. so so now that you're feeling better it's kind of fitting that we just started a new book
0: yeah yeah (laughs) down (laughs) down with eye of the world um right and you know what great hunt will be as professional as possible (laughs) yeah you know what there's there's some really good things that happen in book two and I I really like I I really like the very start of it actually there's a lot of really interesting stuff that's that's happening in it Mm -hmm. um but before we jump into the book like what's going on with the show
1: nothing no news no Mm. season two start date no uh no word on if they film finished filming nothing i got nothing for you
0: all right i got nothing for you
1: all right so uh to the book
0: sure so uh, maybe we should mention spoilers and stuff oh yeah for for the uninitiated
1: yeah so i mean i think it makes sense that by the way since we're on now the great hunt the second book we might also reference things that happened in the first book in the eye of the world i think we would need to yeah right so obviously so giant blanket spoiler for the first book but then also i was thinking we would talk about i know last week we said the first six chapters and then i realized that was a lot because there's also a prologue so prologue Mm. and chapters one to four which is basically like the first five so prologue and chapters one to four is what what i had planned for today uh very well cool
0: sure yeah you planned it so I guess I have to we've we've already started recording so I can't I can't even argue that much
1: you can't you can try but it's not gonna change anything so prologue and chapters one to four
0: it never does
1: (laughs) Uh, cool so I you
0: you totally you totally have the unkindness down
1: I do it's fine
0: I'm (laughs) not mad about it
1: um yeah let's let's hop into this because so we start we start the great hunt and the prologue i actually Mm -hmm. really enjoyed this prologue um and i i don't know why i did i just did but it was just a nice little different
0: you didn't find it a bores
1: i did not find it a bores Uh, you didn't
0: find it a bores and abhorrent
1: no i think the reason why i liked it is because it is from the Point of view of somebody who is a dark friend or acting mm-hmm. like a dark friend. Um, I think that's probably why I liked it. It was just a different spectrum to be on.
0: Yeah, it takes you into like, and it's like this big meeting of all of the dark, yeah. uh, like the kind of significant dark friends, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's like a social gathering of sorts that they're having.
0: Yeah, and they're all supposedly, like, masked. Right. But, like, like none of them are supposed, like, giving away their identities. But there are some dummies who are doing, <laughs> giving away clues. And mm-hmm. I feel like he gives away some clues, too. Like, he thinks he's so smart, but he's mm-hmm. also uh, gives away some of his, like, he gives us, he gives away some of what we, um you know, we notice things about him, at least.
1: Right. And, I mean exactly that like you said he's trying so hard not to like he he even goes to the point of like hunching over so he doesn't give away how tall he is um but he notices things about people like he notices that there is an uh a domani woman who's she's got like a golden bracelet on and she's just Saying what house she's from, like all of this stuff. And she he mm-hmm. recognizes that there's a tinker with green pants on, and there's you know a couple of eyes to eye, which is wild. Um, but there are he's just picking up on all these little clues, exactly that where they're masked, they're supposed to be hiding their identities, but he's noticing these little things that just give away who not maybe I don't think it would give away the specific person, but where they're from. And if sure. you paid enough attention, you could probably find them in that area again.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I think it's really fun too. So Robert Jordan has this has this duality th- going on right now. So so we have Boars who's looking for clues and hints for all these different people and mm-hmm. kind of sneering at them. But then we're also given the opportunity to look for clues and hints in his take on things. So like when he sees the Aes Sedai, for instance, he call he doesn't call them I Sedai, he calls them witches. Yes. Which is very telling. Mm-hmm. Which is very telling. So <laughs>
1: ha well said.
0: <laughs> thank you <laughs>
1: but uh that that's exactly what it is so he's looking for clues for them and then we're looking for clues for him
0: yeah uh, because, it's it's yeah go ahead
1: i was just gonna say like even even his name for example like it's just the man they called Boars. like mm,
0: right. is that
1: actually his name
0: do, do you actually know who it is no no because uh, you find out in the book, uh, at least in one of the books, you do. I'm pretty sure I don't.
1: If I if I do, it's gone out the
0: window already. So the way he presents himself here is uh, like there's a few textual evidence pieces that indicate that he's a he's a white cloak.
1: Yes, which okay. would make sense because of I think they talk about the clothes he's he puts on when he's leaving.
0: If I remember yeah, so- correctly so in, in this book we also eventually get to meet Pedrin niall nile right the the captain lord captain commander of the white cloaks mm-hmm. and so we'll, we'll talk about who bors is later when we get to that part but um we we know who bors is mm-hmm. i think um well i do you don't
1: <laughs> you do
0: i'll tell uh, you when you're older <laughs>
1: <laughs> thanks um no, but they they have like this whole like gathering, and then this was a, another thing that I found like really interesting is is these two trollocs come in and a all come in, and they're like, oh, um, um, I think they call him your master is arriving or so, something along those exact those those words. And Balzaman comes in, who's also masked. He's got a um, mask on, like he's hiding his identity,
0: or like um, there's COVID,
1: or like yeah one or the other <laughs> uh but he walks in and um boar's questions whether or not he is the dark one or if he's just like a forsaken that broke free and i thought that was really interesting as well he's not just like immediately you know falling into thinking that he's the dark one
0: right uh, though uh, so yeah it, it, it is interesting because it shows that he's critically thinking yeah uh and at the same time like for a dark friend of almost any level uh being a for uh, like interacting with the forsaken or interacting with the dark one is really going to be pretty much the same right for them like
1: right like what what why would it matter if it was a dark one or just a forsaken either way they're still doing what they're told to do
0: like my mi- yeah they're miles above where boris's station is right dark friend
1: right exactly Um, but I thought it was an interesting little thing that he noticed that Um, and then yeah so Balzaman comes in and he forms these like images of Matt Perrin and Rand and um, in front of him and he's like these one of these three is the dragon reborn Um, and he says that you know he he doesn't want them killed he would just rather them brought to him he thinks that they'll be better served on the dark one side or something along those those lines um and he gives everyone who's there gets individual orders so mm-hmm. which is also i thought very interesting because it you know it's not like a mass like okay everyone you go and do this it's you're going to do this you're going to do that and you don't know what the other orders are because he's talking to you just so um like one-on-one for lack of a better term you know
0: right yeah so this is published in 1990 and like that was that was before everyone had a computer and stuff like <laughs> I, I just keep I'm, I'm thinking it just in terms of like so it's just a funny thing because you know with modern technology we, we can kind of think of like okay we you know if we have our phones we can just send messages to individually to everyone right and where we could send an email before that or we even just like a telephone but 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 like in this day in that day and age they didn't have any of that stuff and mm-hmm. the when he was writing it like the author is also constrained by the fact that they didn't have th- that much readily available like it doesn't necessarily like so this is kind of like him showing like this really I don't know if you call it high tech. It's it's not technology. It's, it's like magic or whatever, but it's, you know, everyone gets their individualized message here. You know, I... Right. It's almost like a really early form of DMs or something. I don't know.
1: Yeah, exactly though. But like, and, and instead of it just being like a public address, it's just individual DMs. To
0: each well, person. it's like, well, because everyone's in the same room together and they're still, and yet he's still able to keep all of their communication private i guess is the big thing to me right. like it's not like you visit some each in their own homes or something mm-hmm. they're all in the same room and yet it's just like if you were all in the same room if you're in a crowd and everyone got a text message an individualized text message you could all kind of keep it close to your chest and not right you know, no one would know what each other got even though you're all in the same room so i don't know that's that's just something i was thinking of like it's just like a weird, magical way of texting people.
1: <laughs> I like the analogy. I will give you credit for that.
0: <laughs> it's not the best one. It really isn't. I get it. <laughs> but
1: but it, it makes sense. So
0: yeah.
1: yeah, but they all have their own individual ones. And um, he gets to go back to Terabon and just keep doing what he's doing. Keep an eye out for the boys.
0: Yep. Look out for those them boys
1: so and he does they they at the at the end of the uh, the prologue he does change it was you know um he calls her like this the servant girl who's you know in this tavern where they've been meeting and she says something along the lines that it's better if he's in his clothes clothing already before he arrives to where he's going hmm. um so he does you know change th- in order for that um but he also, again, at the end of this, you mentioned earlier that he's critically thinking. He has another bit of this where he is actually wondering whether um, his immortality is worth the cost of having this meeting and you know, becoming a dark friend, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is another little, I thought, great little tidbit. Because we've only really seen like Rand's point of view and parents' point of view, like we've only really seen the quote unquote good guys, um, that to see a dark friend's point of view and to see them be questioning whether or not this is a worthwhile risk to take, is it the smart decision to make is very humanizing.
0: (laughs) So now you're looking for humanizing effects. You know, normally... It's funny because you you're typically like oh white cloak you, I know, <laughs> and now but... you're like oh white cloak h- human, mm. <laughs> interesting.
1: <laughs> I just thought it was a nice change and I enjoyed it.
0: Oh, it is uh, having multi-dimensional bad guys. is not something that Robert Jordan typically does like super well, but there mm-hmm. there are instances where. He does it extremely well this is an example of uh, this isn't the best example there's there's better bad guys that he writes for sure but yeah it's it's nice instead of you know this in a lot of ways this is this is very star wars or very mm-hmm. like it's, it's very black and white kind of you know like uh, you know who if you're if you're not with us you're with the other guys there's not someone who's like ah, i don't really like either one It's you know it's very right. polarized right and so it's it it's nice to see some people who are thinking along the lines of uh maybe i don't want to be on this side
1: yeah yeah exactly that's why that's exactly what i was thinking so i agree awesome
0: no i approve
1: (laughs) all right so let's go into chapter one the actual chapter one the flame of tarvalon um what's that that's the name of the that's the name of the chapter and and the flames <laughs> prevailing is is the emerald sea oh right? i
0: thought it was i thought it was the episode i thought it was episode eight of the show
1: or no, episode okay. was
0: it six? Six? Seven? Five.
1: i don't know we- one of those I at least we know our
0: then. numbers we've proven that we know our numbers right yeah
1: Ish. notice that neither of us said four
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> much to your disappointment
1: correct so uh chapter one rand and lan are doing some sword fighting they're practicing they're just having a grand old time they're still still in faldara outside faldara.
0: stick handling you right. might say
1: right well i mean they, they do it so poorly that lan's sword his practice sword shatters and Rand gets hurt. He gets an owie.
0: He gets an owie. He yeah. gets an owie.
1: He's hurt. Um, and I mean, he's fine, but Lan ends up explaining to Rand that Rand's sword was most likely made by Aes Ised- Sedai like over 3,000 years ago or something, which brand can't really seem to grasp and like wrap his head around this fact like he's just so he's like but it came from my dad and he's like well your dad probably got it from somebody Rand. like
0: right. You're... This,
1: the same way you did
0: <laughs> yeah it's true yeah he, he's like no like your dad didn't make that sword like right. he didn't have it he didn't have it like custom built for him yeah
1: right it's it's just so funny because he's just like latched on and i and i can understand why he has because he's latched on this because it came from his dad and he's and he's latched on to the fact that tam is his father because if Tam's his father then he can't be who moraine is saying he is and,
0: right you know, he can't like, be the dragon reborn or you know yeah exactly
1: so if if he can just convince himself that tam is his dad and tam's <clears throat> his dad because the sword came from him and like all this follow these steps that you know, he's trying to make be logical, and they're not.
0: Um, Do you think Rand accused Lan of landsplaining?
1: <laughs> oh, oh, terrible. <laughs>
0: it's not that bad. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rand doesn't accuse anyone of anything because he just whines. Oh, he, just whine. he just whines. He just whines.
0: But yeah, I so think... I think he's justified in floundering a little bit mentally, though, because yes. he's got a lot. He's got a lot going on. Like he he knows he can channel, right? And
1: and Lana Moraine know, and Nynaeve and Egwene know.
0: Well, and Moraine's not talking to him.
1: Yeah, and and that's and he he mentions that they're having this whole conference. They have like a little heart to heart while they're doing their sword yeah. practicing,
0: and uh, landsplaining.
1: Right, they're landsplaining but they have they have this whole Continue. this whole conversation yeah. about like like lan wants to know why he hasn't left yet it's been a month he said he was gonna leave and he hasn't left
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you know ran just kind of makes these excuses about how he doesn't want to leave before matt and parent leave and uh you know wants to make sure they're okay and like all this stuff and he's just dragging his feet but um and you can tell in this conversation when they're they're having all these chats about like the sword and and you know where it came from and why hasn't he left yet and all the stuff all this frustration that rand is feeling with moraine not being there is coming out and it's interesting that the person he chooses to talk to about it is land because you know lands her warder um and he does kind of defend her a little bit you know
0: in sure like a oh. tiny
1: bit not i wouldn't say like hugely but he he does speak logically
0: yeah well I think I mean we should all be so lucky to have a mentor like Lan frankly like I I know I was saying like landsplaining I'm I'm not even I just just a stupid play on words it barely works but (laughs) like in in reality though he's teaching he's like Ran's dad right now in a lot of ways because he like He's teaching Rand an important thing. He's and he's talking to him about life things. And uh, I think that you can't mentor someone and teach someone without having some kind of sympathetic feeling toward them. And so, even if Lan is still loyal to to Moraine, he mm-hmm. does. He doesn't have to approve of the way she's approaching things. He just has to be there to back her up, kind of.
1: Right. So. But he also like going off of that, like he does make really great points and and is Mm -hmm. explaining it to Rand. He's like, you know, he's Rand's frustrated because Moraine's not around and ignoring him and doing all the stuff. And Land is like, Well, do you want her to treat her like what you actually are? Like what what she's doing is better than what she could be doing,
0: basically. Well, yeah, I I remember having a conversation with my, at that point, he was seven years old, Uh, you know, he was frustrated that we weren't giving him, uh, you know, like the something sweet that he really wanted to eat or something. And at one point, I was just like, look, buddy, I, uh, as your dad, I I want really good things for you. But we we both know that this isn't going to be healthy for you. And what I'd be doing my job to just like, not or to just give you what you want right now or do do i'm you know should i actually be explaining you know this isn't healthy and i'm ex-, you know we can't do this because it's unhealthy like actually explaining to him why you know things are instead of just like no you can't have that and right. well once once i actually sat down and was like i have to do this because it's my responsibility because it's good for you mm-hmm. uh, you know then he he could wrap his mind around it and similarly i think lan is doing him a huge favor instead of being like just deal with it kid like right. he's explaining life to him essentially like just ha- having that having that kind of uh, relationship is i don't know it's valuable like rand is still a teenager right at this point I feel like he's a teenager
1: yeah and like and that's the thing and and lan continues that. i mean he's like you've you've learned everything that you can learn from moraine that she can teach you she you've already learned it so there's only there really isn't a lot left for her to do other than right treat you like what you are which she isn't doing um and she's yeah. just ignoring them. so yeah um and then the there's a you know some music in the background and horns and cheering and the Amarillyn's seat is coming to Faldara. Yay. They're rolling in. And then Rand is panicking that they're coming for him.
0: Yeah. It's like, what What did you think? You're just going to hang out there for a couple decades? Like that's your new home or what? Right. You know, there's, there's going to be something. You're, you're hanging out with an Aes an A who has never stayed still as far as Rand know, has known her. Mm-hmm. And yet she's just sitting there waiting. Like, what, what's she waiting for? She's clearly something momentous, momentous is going to happen. Right. And he doesn't want that attention.
1: He does not. And yeah, exactly. He And he doesn't want it to be him. So. Yeah. can't say I blame him.
0: You kind of see Rand's immaturity here.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Which, which is why I admire Land so much here frankly just taking him under his wing and he didn't have to but no yeah so so is, yeah. is that it is that, that the
1: that's it the chapter ends with the you know he just hears that the ammo and coming and fran's panicking
0: yeah they think he's gonna get gentled and exactly that's a reasonable assumption exactly
1: so um chapter two then is called the welcome which is obviously about the emerald seat being welcomed in Faldara.
0: Is that obvious? I
1: don't know. Maybe it's not. I thought it was obvious.
0: I I guess my mental capabilities are just a little bit less than yours. Oh. Obviously. Sorry. It's okay. We all have our <laughs> difficulties, Sarah. Right. And I know what yours are, so we're good.
1: They're numbers. (laughs) But not four. (laughs) No. Um, Yeah, so Rand has decided he's going to leave. And he's in his room, and he's packing up his stuff. And he's like, I need clothes. I need to do all this, Mm -hmm. get everything organized. So he goes down to get, um, he ends up running into like a a I'm saying I'm saying it wrong. Mm -hmm. am i saying this wrong alansu and like just some other servants and they're you know they're replacing all of his clothes basically
0: yeah yeah so she's the she's the i forget the house run like the household yeah runner of fault like she's she's the person who you know she she makes sure everyone has the right accommodations
1: right exactly i keep wanting
0: to say like housekeeper but that that's not she she's no. way higher up than that she's she she like runs faldara on like the the mm-hmm. servant side i guess
1: right right so she's
0: she's the head servant in a way
1: right um so yeah and
0: we had a terrible job of explaining it <laughs> it's okay we,
1: we, we got it though so she's she's in charge basically um of the servants she is yeah and they're all, good for they're, her yeah they're all out there and they're taking his old clothes and replacing it with new like finer clothes and mm-hmm. um so he's like all right well he takes some some clothes that he needs packed up he takes tom's harp and flute um and packs those up takes his i think he takes his cloak as well
0: yeah i think he takes everything he th- he takes- like he's he's like i've waited too long let's yep. get the f out of here
1: get out of here so um, mm-hmm. he decides he's going to go to the stables. He figures there's got to be like a horse or something that he can use. Um, and while he's headed there, he goes through the courtyard and that courtyard is where the Amaralyn's seat's party is kind of like being welcomed into Faldara. And there's this whole ceremonies in progress. Um,
0: oh, hold on. Can we back up for just a sec? Is yes. this, this was the scene too, where he he's like he's going to change his clothes. And he said, he wants, he wants to pack up and everything and get, get that lady out of there. Mm-hmm. And, and she's, he's like, Hey, I need to change my clothes. And she's like, okay, go ahead and change them. Right. right. This is this. And so, and they all, they all think it's funny. Like it's kind of a joke with the servants because they've realized how blush bashful he is about it. <laughs> and he gets so angry about it that he just changes in front of them anyways or something. Right. He
1: just does it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there is some. Uh, there's quite a lot of servant laughter and banter going on.
0: Yeah, they get an eyeful. Good for poor, them.
1: Poor Rand. He's
0: yeah, getting picked I mean, on. I mean, th- that is bullying. Like, regardless of how much of a fool he's been acting a little bit on some mm-hmm. levels, like, if he's uncomfortable with that sort of thing, like that's it's not really okay for them to just, you know. Right. To push him around like that i i don't know there this one thing in this series that kind of bugs me is the bullying that goes on 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 a lot of different levels there's mm-hmm. just a lot of i mean their power dynamics but there's i don't know they kind of bug me and that that's one of them i i always thought like i don't know he, he really bothers him and they think it's funny mm-hmm. to to make you know to make sport of it so whatever that's life i guess but it's also a funny scene it shows how stubborn he is as well he's like yeah you know you know what
1: and he just does it anyway
0: yeah yeah well yeah, may, maybe they do leave or something now i'm trying to remember it doesn't matter there's there's plenty of scenes where people get you Boy. know. yeah anyways Poor Red. So, i guess yeah He could if he's tired of that he should have left already
1: right well he's trying to all right so but uh leave. you know he he's trying to he goes to the stables and then when he's there he is told that nobody is allowed to leave nobody nobody's allowed to leave the city um and he learns that the and sea is actually looking for him and wants to see him so he runs because that's a logical thing doesn't make you look guilty at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh poor man. Yeah so that's that's that that's the end of the chapter.
0: You know what I think happens in that this is this is why this is why we need to uh we're trying to let the books catch up to to everything. Um I think what happens is they they take all of his old clothes and and they make him change out of his old clothes because they're going to burn them. And then, so he's wearing nice, fancy new clothes now, like something like the Lord would wear, I think. I think right. that's what happened. So, and I think that they made sport of him, but they didn't actually watch him change or something along those lines. Anyways, so yeah. Um, no one's letting him leave. Uh, no some, letting someone, him. some vague, and this is a really interesting thing, like someone gave an order that they're not allowed to that they're not allowed to let him leave but they don't even know where it came from like who issued that order right and it, it turns out to be someone surprising later down the line but we don't know at this point because he thinks it's just the amarylline but then they're like well the Amerlin couldn't really order that like it'd have to be ingtar or mm-hmm. or uh, agalmar basically right which is interesting Right, but none of them know because it, it just came down the chain of command. So anyways, yeah, we're, we have a mystery. <clears throat> we
1: have a mystery. Only two chapters in. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, so the third chapter, Friends and Enemies. So he's mm-hmm. obviously trying to leave and he's going up to all these gates around the town. Um, They're all guarded. They're all locked. He can't leave. He is... Rand is so scared about what the Amberland Sea is going to do to him. He's just, he just does, he doesn't want to be gentled. Like, and I, I mean, I can't say that I blame him. You can hear, obviously, because this is still his point of view. Like, he's very concerned about the fact that if he gets gentled, he's not going to live. Like,
0: right. That's like, synonymous to him with, with dying, which, yeah. frankly, that's, that's basically what happens to gentled men.
1: Yeah. So I can't really blame him. It's just a humorous way of how this is all, you know, spiraling. Um, So then he starts assuming that Moraine sent the Amaryllis for him. And that's why she's left the city and why she's ignoring him. And you could just, just the spiral of paranoia for Rand is happening.
0: Yeah. He's more and more frantic. He's feeling hunted.
1: Yeah. So, and then he remembers, or he thinks he remembers that ogier built the city so he's like oh well if they built the city then loyal will know how to get out of the city because mm-hmm. loyal is no gear so he goes to look for loyal
0: at um, least he's trying like he didn't just give up
1: right and then he realizes they he learns there's no way out of the city there's no hidden way out of the city um mm-hmm. so yeah and while this is happening he uh also runs into matt and perrin which so like this is this is really good because matt and perrin and loyal don't know that he can channel so they're still acting the same around him and they Mm -hmm. have no idea why he frantically wants to leave the city like there's just this complete lack of communication um yeah and, and just confusion really like they don't get why he wants to leave so drastically
0: right well and then and then he's a he's a dick to him he's such but well here's here's the thing like so he's doing it out of he's like doing it for loyalty like really he's trying to he's he's like i don't want you guys to get hurt and mixed up with me because if they know that you've been helping a man who can channel then you're Mm -hmm. just screwed like me so so like matt's like oh those are some fancy clothes you're wearing yeah and and Rand's like, yeah, well, that some people here think I'm a lord and I don't want to be seen with you guys.
1: Yeah, he just is so rude. And then he's rude to Loyal. hmm Which is just like like <sighs> he starts being rude to him and you Loyal, you can hear <sighs> he you can tell that Loyal's just so concerned that he's somehow annoyed Rand and and Loyal Sees Rand and he's so happy to see Rand, and then he's concerned that he's annoyed him, and he even says something along the lines of how loyal knows that he can he can talk a lot and just mm. it could be annoying. And I was like, man, I feel that. <laughs> but like, he, he's just trying so hard to be Rand's friend, and then Rand's a total dick to him, and just to make him angry. Which is odd because just picture, I can't picture Loyal angry, but he gets angry. I
0: don't think he gets angry. He doesn't just get, that's...
1: he doesn't get like outwardly angry, but I believe they describe his like eyes as hardening or something or flashing with anger. Or... Hmm. If I'm remember- there's something about his eyes, like Brand can see it switch and it's
0: ugh, yeah
1: it's just awful like out of all all of them you I think loyal hurts the most to be a dick to <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I mean he, you know I think it's worse that he's mean to Matt and Perrin because they've been his best friends forever and he's like pretending to be a lord uh, just to just to make him mad like I don't know I think I I think this this is another example of him being incredibly foolish Mm -hmm. you know but it's actually a really important thing in the series that he he starts kind of distancing himself from people as well right like even though even though it's really frustrating at this point when it happens it's like when you look at it from a bigger distance like it, it it's a little more important that you know he gets used to the idea of people not being super close to him mm-hmm. i guess and that's i guess that's spoiler ish for you but uh, you know i mean spoiler adjacent perhaps
1: hmm. he's kind of acting that way so i'm not totally shocked yeah so yeah so then he goes to find a yeah. just he's gonna be a dick to a too
0: <laughs> may as well
1: right we're on a we're on a roll so um she's actually on her way to see pat and Fane in the jail cells mm-hmm. um when he finds her and starts to be a dick to her and uh she is on to it though she's just like this is not yeah not
0: gonna be a dick to me and push me in. yeah she sees through it and yeah she she handles it maturely which i was like whoa she's being mature Wait
1: right you're like is this a Gwaine? what's happening here right yeah so they end up going down to see pat and fane together
0: yeah and the the guards are all Mm -hmm. they're all grouches they're grumps right not professional
1: which i i don't really get but
0: oh you don't no oh okay
1: should i is it like a jealousy thing
0: so they're they're being affected by by Pat and Fain himself.
1: Oh, that makes more sense.
0: Like he's, I guess, he, okay. There's so that there's there's an element to Pat and Fain which hasn't been explored yet. Maybe you don't even know what it is yet, where mm-hmm. you're reading, even in book three. So I, I don't want to spoil anything, but he he's more than just a really gross dark friend. We'll just say that. Like okay. there's there are there are good and sufficient reasons for them to be acting that way and mm-hmm. it's not really even their fault frankly okay it's kind of a thing that's just happening to them
1: okay that's that's fair if it's not their fault
0: yeah but like well and Egwene notes it he's like she's like oh yeah like the, the the main guard she she's like he's being he's like real mean and rude and making like really coarse jokes and stuff and she's like we joked about you know something really innocent when we first when I first met him. Like mm-hmm. he was a really nice guy.
1: Yeah, and now he's being a dick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So um, yeah. So they go down to see him and he he says that Brand is gonna be on the Dark One's side by the time Pat and Fane's through with him.
0: Yeah, Pat and Fane. Well, cause because Rand is, has reservations about visiting Pat and Fane. Cause mm-hmm. why would you keep visiting a dark friend? Like, honestly, like why, right. why do that? And Egwene wants, Egwene likes it because it's a taste of home. He knows all the same people as her. It's nice to have someone to talk to about that sort of thing. Right. And, and so she's like, and he's made so much progress, but when they go down there, Pat and Fane is just crazy and says a lot of crazy things to Rand.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he starts talking about um he he says like Mordith, Morith knows all or something ridiculous. He brings up Mordith, which is interesting. It does. Because that hasn't come up since early on in the Eye of the World.
0: It's a hint at Head and Fane's nature.
1: Ah, okay. Interesting. hmm mm, I like that. So, yeah, he's just completely crazy, basically.
0: Yeah. yeah. And Rand, Rand is like, so, Egwene, maybe don't go visit him more. Right? Yeah. Maybe
1: maybe stop hanging out with the dark friends and, yeah. Um, but then mm-hmm. Egwene has this idea to hide Rand in the women's quarters.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's the last place they'll look.
1: Yeah. So that's what they're going to do at the end of the chapters hide them I guess yeah so
0: he just goes with it but but it's cool because Rand is totally out of options he's totally desperate mm-hmm. and Egwene is just she's like all right uh, let like let's let's problem solve we'll figure this out I'll right. take care of you you know we'll shelter you we'll figure this out and this, this is one of the times that I, I I'm like oh Egwene's not to, not so bad after all because
1: Right. You're like, like oh, look, look at her being a proper problem-solving human.
0: So did, did we tally it up at the end? Like, was she the most annoying oh, I, character?
1: I forgot to tally it. Um, I'm willing to bet she was.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll tell you guys next week, maybe.
1: <laughs> Remind me to tally it.
0: But she, she was definitely in the running for most annoying character of last book. Mm-hmm. And this so far in this book, I, I, oh, I'm very impressed with the actually
1: yeah she's being pretty logical and rational so far with everything
0: yeah and and it's at one point at one point and i think it's just a little bit later but moraine notices Egwene with uh, someone who's carrying packages for her or something Mm -hmm. and moraine clearly knows who it is and she's like oh if if Egwene shows half this initiative in the white tower she's gonna go far right it's kind of like even she even catches moraine's eye in Mm -hmm. terms of you know like her capabilities and her initiative it's cool
1: right um yeah which is actually great because in the next chapter summoned it's from Moraine's point of view and there's a little bit of of Egwene uh she she speaks of Egwene a little bit um but yeah so we learned that Moraine is in her own quarters by herself and mm-hmm. she wants to go see the Amaralyn and two other Aes come to kind of like escort her there Leandrin and Anaya
0: come mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> I guess
1: Anaya's,
0: now, Anaya's blue like she's her she's Maureen's friend
1: right and Leandrin is red
0: yeah no, right. and she she's she's young and pretty but she's right. red
1: right and i guess moraine's like warded her room from everybody mm-hmm. because leandrin kind of like tries to scold her about how she shouldn't be warding her room off from her sisters and, right. and moraine's answer is like well it's, it's not to the sisters it's warded against everyone <laughs> like like no i i didn't ward you away i warded everyone yeah. away so uh
0: yeah well i, I do like like moraine versus leandrin in mm-hmm. in this in this book like moraine gets the best of her every time oh, leandrin leandrin's just not experienced enough moraine just you know runs it's circles just, around her
1: it's so funny and it's just such a technicality where she's just like well no i i didn't actually ward you away i warded everybody away so mm-hmm. it's fine um anyway so they are escorting her over to see the emerald and and they're just kind of I guess filling her in really on everything that's happened and you know they're talking about how um there are three false dragons that were spotted and Elaine and Gawain have come down to-, to the tower um and they're just like filling her in on all all of these things and while this is happening she sees Egwene <laughs> like going down the hallway with this crouched figure right, behind right. Her. That, that's
0: the thing i was referring to yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> like she just sees she's she sees it happens fully mm-hmm. fully aware because it's moraine um but yeah and they're telling her the great the great hunt for the horn has started in Illian. i think they say it is yeah um yeah and there's just they're basically just getting her up to speed before she goes into the emeralds quarters
0: which yeah does. and leandra it's kind of she's not being helpful
1: no i think this is if i remember correctly it's it's mostly anaya and anaya is just like mm-hmm. so excited that particularly that elaine and gowan are at the tower but yeah. um yeah so she goes into the quarters and there's a whole bunch of other Aes Sedai that are in there from different from the different um Yes, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. I was, I was still thinking factions. It's like, not the right word, <laughs> um, but Correct. there are a whole bunch of other Sedai in there, and the Emerald wants everyone except for Leanne and Moraine to leave, which is what happens. So everybody leaves, yeah. and they no can worry. now. Yeah, so they can they can talk about. How um, there are fewer Sedai in the tower, um, but they do bring up Elaine and Nynaeve coming to the tower, and they think that Elaine and Nynaeve are going to be two of the most powerful Isidai they've seen in ages. And this is interesting. I thought this was interesting because Moraine kind of brings up. Egwene here and I was like well like Egwene I, I brought Egwene as well like I brought you Nynaeve but I'm I'm bringing Egwene too and Egwene's pretty much on the same level as Elaine um, mm. and I think this is when we first start seeing Moraine really push Egwene forward
0: oh yeah I mean c- because Egwene has has an enormous uh, amount of talent mm-hmm And, you know, she's showing initiative Moray and Moraine founder. So she gets, you know, that's good for Moraine uh, on a personal level and just on uh, for like the blue Aja in general. And right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So she's just kind of um, pushing that forward. But then like, I think the, the pinnacle of all this is that Nynaeve is superior to both of them. Like Nynaeve is clearly the most powerful one that they've found. Um, and then, um emerald kind of tells Maureen that she should have brought the Tarvirn boy to
0: her right away,
1: so she kind of gets like a little slap on the wrist here too, for not bringing Rand there.
0: hmm well, well, yeah, like so so they finally get it, it's just them and. Yeah they're the only ones who know that they're conspirators they're Mm co-conspirators and and yeah the emerald like you didn't send me any news at all like you sent me like a couple small you know like tidbits and and so i had to make this whole pretense to come up to faldara because because of you know like she's she's mad because how frustrating is it if you're waiting (laughs) for someone to get back to you to get news to you and you're just like you're just sitting there tapping your foot uh, like you don't you can't do anything you just feel impotent it's, it's frustrating
1: right yeah so and i think she even says that like to get to faldara she had to like rush the care, like rush the party there she had to use yeah. magic to to rush them there and it could have had f- effects on everything around
0: oh yeah it's gonna have mess up the weather for a long time mm-hmm. and it, it flooded the the different areas and stuff yeah like it's it it has real world impact to try to travel that fast and uh, you know but but at the end of the day you know they're they're co-conspirators they're working together and moraine's like well i don't know she handles it pretty well she's like well you know my bad but yeah here's here's the situation
1: here's the situation (laughs) yeah and uh that's that that's the end of that
0: wow so we covered everything
1: yeah those are it's the prologue, first four chapters.
0: All right. So, so, so I'm I'm gonna say I I'm gonna listen to the next ones again uh, for the next podcast. So, right. Uh, what are we listening to next time, Sarah?
1: I think we should do chapters five to nine next time. So that's okay. fi- five chapters.
0: That's fair. It's
1: totally doable.
0: Yeah, right, and I'm gonna i'll actually listen to them because it's it's been a couple months now and i need to refresh myself Mm -hmm. so that we actually have good commentary on it
1: yeah we can dive into that next week
0: yeah who's who's the mac
1: who's the mac it has to be rand
0: not loyal no
1: i don't think loyal will ever
0: be the mac you're you're damn right he's not <laughs>
1: <laughs> but like brian's just such a dick in these chapters
0: but like, yeah it's it's understandable that it is the way he's treated the way he's acting but at the same time just because you understand someone does it mean you should excuse right it you know just just because you're like well okay my my son is acting this way mm-hmm. should like i can understand that he's a little kid he, he doesn't learn but or he doesn't know better yet but should i just be like yeah okay just go do what you want or should i hold him accountable and right yeah, yeah. like rand rand is being an obnoxious prick so let's let's vote him down
1: yep so he's the mac
0: he's the most annoying character
1: damn it, he rand. is he is
0: yeah, because we can't pick Leandrin because I I don't like her. Right. She's more annoying, but she's she's too easy.
1: But she's... I think like even even with just Rand here, like with Matt and Perrin, with him being a dick to them and being a dick to Loyal, like again, we understand why he's doing it. He's pushing them away. He's mm-hmm. trying to protect them, but then he goes and does it to Egwene, for the same reasoning. But Egwene already knows. Like, yeah. It's she's not in the same category no so it's just you it's just it no there's no point to it yeah it's unnecessary
0: yeah he rand, rand can get the downvote here yeah. goodbye rand you're the weakest link
1: yep so yeah um that's pretty much it for this week i guess cuz there's no other news
0: i suppose i think i think we've covered enough we're getting so chapters five through nine next week. five
1: through nine next week we'll dive in maybe i'll refresh too because it's been it's been a little bit yeah
0: yeah that'll be fun
1: awesome um well thanks for hanging out (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) wow that sounded really genuine (laughs)
0: i mean you're you're welcome to it to hanging out i don't know i don't know what to say sarah thank thank you (laughs) Um, thank you
1: oh boy here we go all right guys thank you for listening or watching on youtube wherever you are um may you always find water and shade
0: yeah guys sorry for any unkindness